La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding, ding, dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Rugby friend and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection with moi, Véronique Landieu, and uh, my co-host. With moi, Tom Dixon. Tom, how um, are you? All is good. What a weekend. Did you get any sleep? Did your heart rate go down to healthy levels? Ish, ish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's the Heineken Cup is a bit crowded this year. No, I know they wanted, we had that discussion last week, but sometimes less is more. That's my, my two cents, because I think it's in terms of next games and points, you know, it's getting a bit complicated. In terms of everything, it's complicated and it's not very approachable. Less is more. I mentioned last week that there are fewer people on the terraces. Many of the games this weekend, the stars of Northern Hemisphere rugby, were getting, they were lucky if they got 10,000 in the crowd. A fair few more on the television, truth be told, but very few people out there, not least because it's in the middle of a cold snap. And, and it's the poor La Rochelle, the weather was absolutely appalling. And in Bath, they had too much rain in the swimming pool, so they didn't play. That's um, right. That's what it got cancelled. Absolutely. So, yeah. because I think the Avon, you know, was the Avon River was coming out. Of a oh, bank. Oh, it broke its banks. It overflowed. Oh um, my goodness! Broke its banks. And as I don't know whether you've been to the to the wreck, but I mean, it's, it's a magnificent location. I um, would love to go there. It 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 is, and the pitch is so small. The end goal area is tiny. It is, but it's what a scenic place. I mean, it's a bit has seen better days that's for sure but yeah the the avon river it's just just nearby so that's yes. one of the disadvantage of its location despite despite its beauty but uh, yes yeah, so against uh, ulster the overall score was seven to three it was a hard one match <laughs> it was it was zero three at lunch, at half time i believe and it it was it wasn't the best rugby to watch was it uh, veronique can, can you can you excite me about that match not really because i <laughs> <laughs> what i know is it was hard they were lucky to get the win but it was a hard one match yeah but they, it, that's true anyway i don't know why the score was so low to be honest with you oh, the conditions were horrible the hell like and and la rochelle only scored in something like the 82nd minute Oh my goodness! So, so the champions of Europe against yeah, a valiant, good side, but they don't travel well. They, the poor supporters, that all the La Rochelle season ticket holders said, "Oh, yes, I've spent seventy-five euros for this match or whatever, but I'm staying home." <laughs> it's, yes. it's warm in front of the television. Not so much great fun for for Ulster, who came all the way for Ireland, but hey, La Rochelle is not bad. Even in a, in in winter, it's still. It's a very, very nice area. Yes, but, you know, in that part of the world, one of the few things to enjoy in La Rochelle is the seafood. And yes. I believe over Christmas and New Year that they had a ban on consuming the local oysters because they found some infection. But, uh, oh, really? 
but I, yes, so that would make for a really bad weekend for guys coming all the way from Belfast, not even able to eat oysters and all that terrible weather and to lose in the 82nd minute. So, so my thought goes out to you if we have a listener in Ulster. But another reason I dislike the competition in this format is that you don't really know who you're playing. It doesn't make sense that pools of 12 teams and the top eight qualify. Well, that's too many on both counts. It's, it, it, it's, it, it just goes against the grain. You don't really know who you're playing, why Atulu's playing Munster at home next weekend. That's, well, it really is luck of the draw. Yeah, there's yes. too many cooks for the broth. Yes. And, yeah, but, and then it's also very difficult to calculate where you're going to finish. And where should you finish? Toulouse are first at the moment in Group B. They're first equal because a second on the same number of points, but a less impressive goal difference. And Toulouse have the good fortune of playing last this weekend. So they will know in advance what goal difference they have to aim for, how many points they need. And I can't work it out. I don't think anybody... I think in the studios, there are going to be people with calculators and blackboards and people cheating off each other. You can just see it. If, if one TV channel makes predictions on the basis of scores and gets something slightly wrong, I bet you'll be repeated across all the other channels because everyone's trying to work things out and cheating off each other. It's like an exam where you're looking at your neighbor's paper. Yes. <laughs> Everyone will make it. So we'll see. I mean, at least as it stands, which of course it won't finish like this, but as it stands, Toulouse will play their, will play their first knockout match at home, which I'm very helpful for. And if they play the eighth, if Toulouse are first in Pool B, I imagine they will play eighth of Pool A, which would bring Racing 92 to Toulouse. And that would be fun. But a little bit of juggling around. It might be Harlequins. I'd love that. I've got the pants to wear. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you did share the picture. Yes. <laughs> so, so everything is still possible. So looking forward to it. Let's see what happens after next weekend. Then we can start to see and be told who's going to be playing where. It's far from satisfactory and the fans are turning their backs on it. I have to say, Tom, I was quite surprised by the size of the crowd for some games. I was a CLC Sharks against Bordeaux this weekend and I was quite surprised by the low attendance. You know, there were a few spare seats and I noticed the same as well for the Saracens game against Lyon. So I'm not sure... How well attended the Heineken and the Challenge Cup are. But yeah. uh, talking about another shocker was, again, I think Bordeaux didn't travel too well because they they only scored three points. They suffered badly from a lack of discipline. But having said that, apparently, in order to get qualified, because it might still happen, <laughs> mm -hmm. they will need five points. And everything else would depend on the result of other teams. So basically, it, it links to what you just said in terms of the way the points have been calculated for this competition. Yes, it, it's no suggestion that it's dishonest or it's not all published and out there in the rules. It's just too complicated. Um, <laughs> for you and, and it's even complicated for you when you are a statistician. <laughs> I am. I'll have a look next week. I a couple of points. On 
on the gate on a number of people at the matches. Yes, I believe at Racing ninety two versus Harlequins, there are about ten thousand people there. Now Racing ninety two probably has about six thousand, seven thousand season ticket holders. So yes. so you would have expected them to be there. Ten thousand is awful. And next week they've got Bruce Springsteen going into that ground, so it'll be fifty thousand easily. But yes. Harlequins, it's a perfect weekend away. It's what European rugby has traditionally been full of. Is Harlequins, London fans would have jumped on the Eurostar, gone to Paris, gone to La Défense and made a weekend of it and taken in the rugby. There were a fair few Harlequins fans there. Correct. Correct. Uh, I heard I heard Nicker mentioning that on uh, on Twitter, that he was happy seeing the uh, the Queen's supporters, you know, chanting and, and so on. Yeah. But my other point is that actually low gates during January in the European Cup isn't unusual. I remember about eight years ago, Toulouse played early January in Manchester in sale, with Sale Sharks. And my daughter, Sophie, remembers it well because she had had complimentary tickets from Monsieur Clerc Vincent. As yeah, he, yes. As yeah. he put on his envelope. And there were 5,000 people at that match. And it was so cold that I remember Vincent Clerc standing on the wing with a cup of tea after the interval to try and keep himself warm. He had a disposable cup with hot tea coming out. But anyway, 5,000 people in January, you can understand why. But it's it's just everyone's upset with this uh, this European... Well, it's not European Cup, is it? It's, it includes the South Africans. This Champions Cup. Champions Cup, yes. But we'll yeah. see after this weekend. We'll see what the permutations are because a lot goes on. It's not inconceivable that you could have a home quarterfinal and then a home semifinal, which I would love extra games against the world's best. We know the final is in Dublin. We know the semifinals won't be in South Africa. And that all- is correct. I, heard, I learned that today as well. Yeah. And unless it's Sharks against Bulls, unless it's South Africa against South Africa, I think there's a possibility of that. But we shall see. We just enjoy the rugby. And gosh, it's easy to enjoy the rugby because apart from the odd stinker, like La Rochelle Ulster, the three games last week I suggested we should watch were brilliant. (laughs) They were indeed. Thank you for your recommendation. I did. Dear listener. If, to save you rewinding, we suggested that the games to watch last week, we suggested last week, the games to watch in the weekend just gone was Claremont versus Leicester on Friday night, Sale versus Toulouse on Saturday afternoon, and Racing 92 against Harlequins on Saturday evening. There were other games, but how can we start to describe all three of them were great fun and very exciting in different ways. Possibly the the least convincing of those is 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 the Toulouse game, but it was interesting for other reasons. Okay, Chat- so let's start let's start with the game on Friday evening, Clermont against Leicester. Yes, Clermont versus Leicester. Leicester are Clermont's bogey team. They've played four times together since April twenty two, which is really a whole load of times compared mm-hmm, indeed uh, to others. And out of those four games, do you know who has won the most? Leicester? Yeah. Do you know how many they've won? All of them. All of them. 100% great against Claremont. And also, they're one of the only four teams ever to score 40 tries 
at Claremont. Oh, and I they've done it twice. Stats. So they're only so they have really learned how to knock Claremont down. But that said, Claremont are at a real low point. And do you do you know what happened to Claremont? This is the curse of us, the commentator. We've spent the last few weeks bemoaning the descent of Bordeaux and the descent of Claremont. So tell us what's happened, Veronique. As of I think today, Ross is going to join the coaching team as head as head, head as head head coach. So it's uh, au revoir for John O'Gibbs, who he, actually was in that role for for a year, not even a year, I think, because he used to be in La Rochelle with uh, Ronan O'Gara. Indeed, Jana Gibbs, I'm sure we'll, is, we haven't seen the last of him, but he was shown the door after a fair result. Clamont scored 29 points against Leicester's 44. It, 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 it wasn't a total spanking, but it was. that They weren't there, and Clamont have had this mythical home defence where they go for years without a defeat. And that has gone. They've been defeated several times recently, not least by Toulouse. Uh, but this weekend it was Leicester. And so John I. Gibbs was trying the door. Yes, we've got Christophe Urios. I haven't seen it confirmed. I thought it was highly rumoured that he'd join after the Vendange because he's got his wine business, he's keen on, with Jared Payne. Jared it's Payne, been confirmed. It's been confirmed. Oh, yes. good news. It'd be good to have him back on the touchline to laugh at. That would be interesting what he makes, you know, or what he makes of the Clermont, Clermont players and, yeah, whether Clermont will improve or not. Yeah. I don't think John O'Gibbs did much wrong. I mean, Clermont is clearly a team in massive reconstruction. They put their money on new generation. They got young Bello in from Toulon to be the scrum half. And you've got to trust them and give them time to play. And Bello stupidly gifted Leicester an intercept try in the third minute by doing a massive long pass when Clermont were already fairly far up the field. And so Leicester got a try between the posts in the first three minutes, and that's bound to stamp the colour of the game. So Racker was good for Clermont, raw power, good footballing skills, unlocking defences. He's outstanding, and I look forward to seeing him in the Six Nations. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he'll mm-hmm. he'll be there. Next week, Claremont away to Cape Town at Newland Stadium against the Stormers. They're oh, really? Eighth in the group. They're, they're not going to send anyone, are they? They're, surely they must have given up. To Why? be honest with you, yeah, because if you look at their ranking of Claremont in the top 14 right now, they are 10. You know, that ranking yeah. 10 out of 14 after 15, 15 weekends, they've honored, they've had six victories, one nil, and eight defeats. <sighs> so they had more defeats than victories, and they lost, you know, twice, you know, at the champion for the champion cup. So it's very, very unlikely they will they will ship they will send their 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 strongest team in in Cape Town. Yeah, because I think top fourteen is the priority for most of the French teams. Because if you look at the result for this week, most of the French team lost this weekend, except for Toulouse and La Rochelle. And La Rochelle, yes. There's La Rochelle and Toulouse, and then there's the losers, frankly. La Rochelle and Toulouse are joint top of the pool there. 
they're in, mm-hmm. but Bordeaux, uh, Bordeaux and Castro are bottom of Pool A. Yes. Clermont and Montpellier are, are still in there. They're 7th and 8th, but as we said, Clermont are away in Newland Stadium. Nobody's going to beat the Stormers there. Who else did I say? Montpellier. They're home to London Irish, so they're currently 7th. Next week, they could expect to stay in. Clermont, mm-hmm. That's I'm right. already out. Bordeaux, I'm considering already out. They're second bottom of the group. They've got Gloucester next week. Even if they get through, it's going to depend on other teams if they manage to squeak through to the eight. But I'd be surprised. Lyon already out. Bottom of group A, zero points. Zero points. And they're home to the Bulls next week. Lyon against Bulls. And they're not going to do good enough. I'm moving on to next week already, but let me go while I'm here. Toulouse are home to Munster. I'm hoping for a good match there. I shall be there reporting for you, obviously. La Rochelle away to Northampton. So they're unlikely to get full points. Northampton are another team having won three out of three. Montpellier, home to London Irish. I said that. Castres, effectively, they're already out. They're away to Exeter. So I suspect they won't win there. And Racing are away to Leinster, the poor things. <laughs> who wins away to Leicester? So, so it's very disrespectful to send a B or a C team or your youngsters to the last pool game of the Champions Cup. But I think we're going to be seeing a lot of it this weekend because it's just failed to ignite people's attention. And the home uh, challenge is so competitive that they're fighting for their survival. Mm-hmm. Yes. So moving on, shall I tell you about Sale versus Toulouse? Yes, very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> heads, heads banging and a red card. That's the story of Toulouse. Okay, okay. You have to feel for Sale. They lost two props nine mm-hmm. seconds into the match. Yeah. The props went for Mattis LaBelle. He stepped out of the way and so they ran into each other's heads. So the replacement props then had to play for nigh on 80 minutes. And they were a man down after 18 minutes for because Visa died on Julian Marchand. The whole weekend has been about red cards and head injuries or head attacks. There have been five red cards in 12 matches this weekend, and it swings. You have to have sympathy for Sale. They were really aggressive in defence. They went down to 12 men, which made for a really exciting finish. Toulouse won it with a string of four penalties. Uh, but yeah, the last few minutes did it. It's very exciting, great play, but it was a tale of headbanging and a red card at the beginning. Always was going to mean that the last few minutes was fell for Toulouse. So uh, I'm happy with the result. It was an okay match. Neither side particularly happy. Yes. And what about the other game that you really enjoyed? I was jumping up and down for Harlequins. Racing 92 against Harlequins. Harlequins coming out of four defeats in five matches, but they're third in the Premiership. They're specialists in coming back improbably late and improbably well. That is very exciting, especially in big games like semi-finals and finals. They were 21-3 down. And then Marcus Smith woke up and they started pulling it together. And when you look at the run of the match, it was absolutely marvellous. Racing were down to 12 men at one point. Harlequins were down to 13 men for a little while. Uh, so from being spanked 21-3, Harlequins took the lead and then they threw away the simplest of penalties that let Racing score three points to take them one point into the lead. 
And then Racing managed to close the game down. It pick and goes. It's your 12 men. It's quite impressive. But poor Harlequins, poor Marcus Smith, poor Danny Kerr, doing so well, getting so close. Uh, yes. Then not getting the win. So thoroughly that was, incredible. was an incredible moment. If you are a Racing 92 supporter, but devastation if you are supporting Queens. That's, that's, that's for sure, you know. But yeah. That's that's the way it goes. Another team that played brilliantly well is, of course, Saracens. The score was 48-28, but like we discussed earlier, Dali was on fire. It was more than a fire. I don't know. It was, it was the fire. <laughs> he <laughs> did a, a triple. What do you call a triple in rugby? Yes, a hat-trick. A hat-trick, yes. In seven minutes. So it's called... At the 17th minutes, 19 minutes, and 24th minutes. So, uh, <laughs> you have to call that game over, don't you, as an opposition? You know, it wasn't too bad from Lyon because 20 minutes before the end of the game, there were, there were only 13 points that separated them from Saracen. But oh. their main weaknesses were, unfortunately, you know, Lyon players were not disciplined enough. And Zouan got a yellow card three minutes before the end of the game. And and guess what happened? Saracen was there and they scored. <laughs> Do you know how many tries they scored? Saracens, oh, seven or so? Correct, yes. Oh. That's right. Amazing. It's amazing, though, as well, of Leon to score 28 points against Saracens at the at their home ground. There Correct. aren't many teams that score that many points there. Absolutely. Saracens are so strong with that kind of play. They turn every advantage into points. Yeah. Oh, it's good fun. So so from the weekend as a whole, I have to mention Emmanuel Mayfru, uh, Mayfru the Toulousain Australian flanker, 145 kilos, 6 foot 10. Oh, yes. Mel- born in Melbourne, but he had... He, he is very likely to be picked for the French squad if his passport comes through in the next couple of weeks. Oh, we'll have to contact Monsieur Macron in that case. <laughs> no, he's been agreed. It's just physically he has to get his hands on the passport. I went through this process a few years ago and you get a text message one day saying, come and collect your passport. I suspect everyone's uh, texting his local mairie, his local town hall saying, get this passport printed. <laughs> But I remember there was one rugby player many, a few years ago who cheekily asked Macron while he was being, you know... Yes, uh, while he was being introduced at the top 14 final. Uh, they all had this great fun game of trying to squeeze the president's hand as hard as they can. Yes. And the president has to smile and look like and make small talk with them. And Max Van Dyke, it was of That's Toulouse, it. said, Oh, Monsieur le Président, please can I have French nationality? <laughs> What happened? Does he have the, a question? I can't I'm trying to think of the word Macron said. It's the, the English equivalent is bingo. He said, yeah, of course. Yeah, we'd want you on our side. And and it did happen quite soon. I, I saw him. Oh, at- really? Challenge Cup did take place as well last weekend. The club that fared the best was Stade France 17, who won, won 17-7 against Lyon. Lions. The, the match that shocked me the most was Bayonne being thrashed by Trevise. 
because yes. Bayonne is a favourite of this podcast. They're, they are up to fifth in the top 14. And Treviso, we always think of Italy as being the wooden spoon team of the Six Nations. So chapeau Treviso, Bayonne, I haven't seen whether they went weakened, but that's a little bit of a disgrace for them. It depends whether they ship their B team or their youngsters as well. It could be the reason why, because the top 14 is their major competition for reasons that we explained at the beginning of this podcast. You know, having more teams involved into the Champion Cup has uh, meant that it has lost a little bit of, uh, of its, can you say, lustre? Yes, it's lustre. Yes. The same word yes. is pronounced differently. Um, exactly. I think you're probably right. Bayonne, I've just noticed, bottom of pool two, having played 3-1-0. So yeah. you'd expect them to have picked up some points if they were trying, and they're yeah. clearly not. And Perpignan uh, lost against Glasgow. It was 26-40. So again, my my guess is you know they're focusing more on the top 14 rather than on the Heineken so, and Challenge Cup. Well, for me, to sum up the Challenge Cup, the teams that have scored, that have won three times from three games, the teams that are still in it are Cardiff, Toulon, Connacht, Bristol, Glasgow, and Scarlets. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what, what happens in day four and see who progresses through from them. So are you saying there will be more weekend, more rugby next weekend again? There will be more rugby next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's hope that there will be some exciting and thrilling match, you know, like the one you mentioned at the beginning of, yeah. of this call. So Fabien Gatier has announced the 42 players that will be lucky enough to be part of the training squad. So a usual suspect, I'm only going to mention the one that's well known. So you got a treat, of course, by... Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing, as we know, he had a few injuries for which we had to take some time off. Yeah. And, that, and he plays for, for your team, for Toulouse. He, Have you seen him on the pitch lately? Oh, actually, I think he was there the other day, just having a quick run out. Yes, yeah, yeah. I hope, you know, I hope he, he takes it easy anyway. Le Marchand, of course, will be there. Charles Olivon, uh, Romain Tao-Fefefuna, Reda Vardy, Paul Williams. And then we have, of course, Monsieur Dupont, <laughs> Gaël, oui, Gaël Ficou, Antoine Astoy, Mathieu Jalibert, Melvin Jaminet. Uh, Yura Mofana, Romain Tamak, Peno, Ramos, and uh, Noal, Noal, Nolan Legarek wasn't played yet for, for Les Bleus, I believe. So, oh, yes. That would be, be a debut. Okay, very quickly, off the top of your head, how many Toulousains? Uh, probably eight. Eleven. Eleven, yeah, but out of the eleven, I bet they would probably be like seven or eight. Oh, you're talking about the squad. Cyril <laughs> by François Croix. Well done, Thibaut Flamand, formerly of oh, Midlands. Can't remember the Sports University in England. Anthony Jolange, Julien Marchand, Pierre Louis Barassi. Well done him. Dupont Jaminet, Lebel, Natamak, and Ramos. How fantastic! 
it's going to be such fun and it starts on the 4th of february that's correct my Wednesday is saint veronique france is going to play against italy on that's a on sunday, sunday the 5th, you're right yes yes and first game is between wales and london wales against ireland england against scotland italy against france yeah it'd be lovely to be back onto that definitely latest news regarding the squad you know I'm really pleased to see that Francois Gross and Paul Williams will be back in the training because, you know, they, they got injured. They couldn't play during the Autumn International. So let's hope, you know, they have recovered fully yeah. from the injuries. And yeah, they can be part of the, uh, of the Six Nations squad. It will be fantastic. The... The training team is stable in France. We've said it before, that England and Wales have changed their trainers and France just changes the the, the administrators. We'll find out on the Wednesday and the 25th of January the squad that we retain for the Six Nations. Hey, Veronique, we must remind our listeners that the Rugby World Cup tickets are coming on sale again on the 24th of January. Yes. And these are tickets that people have sent back, put back in the pot. So mm-hmm. a lot of them I've seen kicking around are for things like people who buy an England pack to have got tickets for the the games around France, and mm-hmm. some of them they can't go to. So they're putting those back in the pot. Or people have bought a town, a city pack, and two or three of the games they can't go to. So for real rugby fans, some of the lesser games are likely to be coming available. Uh, mm-hmm. that, I, I have managed to get hold of a couple more tickets for the Toulouse games, a couple of Japan games. So I'm sitting pretty on those, but I'm expecting a fair few more to come out. And the ones I'm hoping for now are Scotland against South Africa in Marseille on the first weekend because... Mm-hmm. There's England against Argentina the evening before. Yes. And also in Marseille, the first quarter final I would desperately like because that seems to be one being targeted, some might say, to be England versus Australia, where I believe Mm -hmm. Eddie Jones might have a view on what's going to happen there. Of course, Eddie Jones, Eddie Jones, yes. It's it's a merry-go-round, so... Uh, I think he, he went to Castres uh, to act as a consultant with his friend Pierre-Henri Brancon. But uh, yes, he got the, the job of Australian uh, coach. So hmm, that would be interesting to see his uh, next steps. Funnily enough, in, yeah, in 2007, a very long time ago, I had tickets for the Rugby World Cup quarterfinal in Marseille and I predicted from the outset that it would be England against Australia. And it was. So mm-hmm. it's strange that they may be meeting at the same stage in the same town. Uh, yes. Those will be like hen's teeth. I will be looking out for those. Rugby friends, I hope you enjoy now quick summary and our point of view of the European Cup rugby. It's been a very exciting competition. We've just had a really good weekend of some fantastic games. 
and looking forward to another weekend next weekend. I shall be at Start to Lose Out against the mighty Munster. Eight European victories between us. We'll see how many there are between us at the end of the season. Yeah, so lucky. It's going to be such a great game. I, I, I see Toulouse winning, but you never know. It's going to be very cold, windy and wet. My little scooter is going to be pottering along afterwards. So wish me luck. I will. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.